And so we offered the solution to the Federal Ministry of Health. And actually after a few weeks, we already started the pilot. So since then, we are now the official solution for the monitoring in, in the quarantine. And um, we are now already present in more than one third of all health offices in Germany and further grow. And um, yeah, it's really nice to see that we were able to also have a certain impact in, in this area while still continuing with our core market in clinical trials. Within this podcast, we want to interview different stakeholders from the Munich entrepreneurial ecosystem and learn from their wins and fails. So far, we have talked to the people behind two student initiatives, Tom AI and Hyperloop, to 27 pilots that connect startups and corporates, and to an early stage medtech startup, Stella Medical. I am Lukas, and today, together with Sumit, we will talk with Veronika Schweikart, the co-founder and COO of the startup Climedo Health, that has been existing since 2017. Within the past four years, Veronika and her team scaled the company to over 40 employees, have raised their seed round in 2019, and with their platform, had an impact on more than 200,000 patients. So we are very happy and honored to welcome today Veronika Schweikart. Hi, thanks for having me on the show. So um, since my little short introduction probably did not help our listeners to understand what exactly Climeda does, um, could you maybe give for our listeners a short explanation what you do at Climedo and how you ended up at, at this journey. Sure. So at Climedo, we develop a software solution for clinical trials for medical device manufacturers and pharmaceutical companies, which helps them save significant time and costs. And at the same time, they can gain new and valuable data insights about the efficacy and the safety of their products. And this is especially important because new products that enter the market after um, having conducted several trials need to be really monitored on a constant basis. So you might already know from the um, story of the vaccine recently that um, all the vaccine was actually undergoing a lot of steps within the clinical trial phases. But um, now after they have entered the market, they are still monitored very, very critically because um, now it's really about the mass of people who are getting the vaccine. And that's um, how we support in order to really help detect safety or efficacy issues very early. And um, thus all the um, people, uh, all the stakeholders that are involved in such studies and monitoring efforts, which are the doctors, the pharmaceutical or medical device companies, but also, and especially the patients themselves, who are the ones who get the treatment, are able to um, give in data on the platform and also profit from the insights that they gain from those data points. Super interesting. Maybe a question you mentioned the current uh, situation with the pandemic. Uh, what role did you play in there and how could you help with your solution? Yeah, that's an interesting point. We were actually really um, sitting together at the very start of the pandemic, which was actually in February 2020, and um, thought about how we could help in order to fight the pandemic. 
And one thing was that we offered the platform to research institutions for free to be able to conduct research studies and find out about the effects of COVID and also um, about um, yeah, new solutions. But then on the other side, we also noticed on the go that the, the whole system of contact tracing was a real issue. And you will probably all know about the um, health offices in Germany, which are totally overworked because of all the contact people that need to be traced and contacted every day during their quarantine. And so we also had a case um, in, our, in our group, in our company, where um, the mother of one of our team members had to be in quarantine. And she was called every day, um, but sometimes also not, <laughs> because they, they didn't have the capacities. And she got Excel and paper files to actually write down her symptoms, which was totally inefficient. Nobody would ever probably be able to read all those paper stacks in the end. So um, we thought that this is really similar to what we just offered before to a customer regarding a study on a common cold. So whenever you have a cold, you would also, um, in, in the terms of a study, for two weeks be monitored and asked for symptoms. So it was really exactly the same use case, kind of just um, like not in the frame of a clinical trial, but in the frame of this contact tracing and quarantine monitoring. And so we offered the solution to the Federal Ministry of Health. And actually after a few weeks, we already started the pilot. So since then, we are now the official solution for the monitoring in, in the quarantine. And um, we are now already present in more than one third of all health offices in Germany and further grow. And um, yeah, it's really nice to see that we were able to also have a certain impact in, in this area while still continuing with our core market in clinical trials. That's super interesting to hear. And do you also plan to make some profit out of this segment in the future or how will you go on with that part of your business? Yeah, we really noticed that this is such an important part as well to really help digitalize the authorities because they are also actually a big part of the whole healthcare system, as you all, of course, know. They, by default, they are called health authorities, and they are um, only now through the pandemic. We, I think, the society found out about the importance of health authorities, what they do, and also like when there is not a current pandemic, they, they have a tremendous job to do, and. There we see a lot of potential still to, to digitalize their efforts, to support them and to help them save time and therefore also money. And that's why we also see a lot of potential um, also post-COVID, if we can ever call it like this. Okay. And you also mentioned earlier that uh, within a few weeks you started a pilot. Um, I was curious, I imagine the healthcare market which is normally not a very fast-paced environment um, because of regulations and privacy issues. Uh, how do you manage to still iterate fast and grow um, in such an environment? Yeah, that's definitely a good question. And you're totally right. It's probably one of the most rigid environments that you could think of as a startup to go into and one of the least digitalized environments as well, unfortunately. So there's 
so much to do, so much potential, but at the same time, of course, our biggest competitors are still paper and Excel, which is also quite frustrating from time to time because it's so much education has to be done. But what we actually really do as a startup since the first hour is really to use the lean startup model that many of you probably know. It um, was originated or at least brought to public and made very popular by Eric Ries. And um, he has this concept of really iterating very, very fast by building something, then measuring it, and then learning from it. And this is the cycle that is constantly undergoing in any startup project or whenever we enter a new market. So we really started with this constant feedback cycle and the build, measure, learn approach when we were thinking about the largest problems that we could solve with digital solutions in healthcare. Started very explorative here, then started building a little first prototype on paper, first of all, measuring um, if it has any impact on, on our target group and then learning from it and therefore iterating again and again. And now also with um, COVID, it was exactly the same again in, in a different space now, um, iterating on potential solutions that we could offer in the fight against the pandemic. Now it's about iterating when it comes to new markets, new industries, new customers. And then probably also when it comes to internationalization, we will do the same again. So it's really always about those fast and small feedback loops to so we get the best um, people and the best um, companies for the best fitting product. I think that's exactly what any startup is, needs to work on to have this real pull from the market by offering a really great solution which solves a real problem. Okay. And maybe one last question to Climedo and the challenges you faced there before handing over to your personal journey. So what would you say were one of the biggest challenges uh, that you have to face during your time at Climedo? Mm -hmm. I think like looking back at, back at the very beginning, which is I think often the, it seems at least the hardest part, but then of course, more hard challenges come. But um, maybe for those who were also just starting, um, we really, after the um, EXIST program that we got, the um, fellowship, we also got um, a fellowship from EIT Health, and which helped us also for several more months to, to be funded. But then um, we, we really um, had a runway of a few months only left and really needed some investment funding because of course the sales cycles are, are long and of course there were no, um, not too many customers inside yet. So we really wanted to um, find investors to support our journey. And there we noticed that it's really hard to find somebody who is really trusting us in as a team because they were often wondering if we are the right team to tackle the healthcare market because none of us had a healthcare background. And that was, I think, quite a challenge for us because we couldn't change uh, our backgrounds, of course, you know, but we were really convinced that it made sense still to do this because we had those completely new views on the, on the digitalization and the healthcare market and maybe also some fresh insights, which we could take from our startup experience from other industries. And so I think, yeah, how we were overcoming the challenge was that we 
for really talking to all the users and our target group and people in the market for so many times and we're also iterating together with them on our product that it helped us actually in the end to stay unbiased i think so probably that was a big challenge you know to tell the others but then by showing them how how user-friendly and in the end how much customized our product is actually to the needs of the market i guess that we were able to convince investors and then we Fortunately, we got a uh, seed round in 2019, which helped us then to, to grow since then. Okay, that's a really interesting challenge. And um, maybe this also leads us to the next question, because you mentioned that originally you had no touch points with the healthcare market, but eventually you ended up in this um, medtech startup. Um, so... How did, uh, how did Climedo start and uh, why healthcare? Yeah, so actually my two co-founders and I all met at the Center for Digital Technology and Management in Munich during our studies. And we all went different paths after our studies, but all started already in the startup. So um, my two co-founders started in high growth scale-ups as um, one of the very first employees actually. And I founded my own startup together with two other colleagues from the CDTM. But, um, and we all were in industries, as I mentioned, which did not have nothing to do with healthcare, but all in digitalization and the digital technologies in the broader sense. And what we then really, um, yeah, what, what united us actually in the end was that we really wanted to now found something in a space which um, has a real impact on, on, yeah, even people's lives, as you were mentioning in the intro. So really be able to, yeah, to have a positive impact, and not, not only in terms of lifestyle or convenience, but really when it comes to health. Because for me, healthcare is actually the key to happiness. And in the end, we all try to be happy after all. Yeah, and so um, we were actually sitting together. I was actually joining Jargon and Sasha only several months later because I was still involved in my startup, um, in my first startup, Nuclino. And the two of them were then already brainstorming a lot and talking to all those experts and doctors. And that's how we actually found the problem in clinical trials. Maybe we were also somehow touched by personal cases. And that's why what I think often gives a really personal motivation to change something in an area. We, and, but I think that many of us have a case, for example, unfortunately, of cancer in the family, because it's unfortunately such a widespread disease. And yeah, in our case, it was really the very close family that, that had this issue. And especially um, in terms of malfunctional treatments and side effects. And that's when we thought, wow, well, if, if we can at least have a certain leverage, you know, we're not um, inventing something against cancer, which we couldn't do as non-medical professionals, but actually enabling all those amazing professionals in this space to find new treatments in the end, because they are enabled with digital solutions to do better, much faster research. Then I thought this is an amazing trigger that I would like to have. And that's how we then actually found together in 2017 
and started the journey to the three of us. Wow, really interesting. Thanks for all the insights about Clemado. But talking about your entrepreneurial journey in general, how did this entrepreneurial journey started? Because I know it, Clemado is not your first startup, right? Yes. So how did this entrepreneurial journey started and why did you choose to be an entrepreneur? So it actually, the journey actually started during my master's studies and the add-on program technology management at the CDTM, which I just mentioned, where I met all my co-founders. And without this program, I'm pretty convinced that I wouldn't have had the chance, most probably, to at least um, start a startup directly after my studies, because um, in my master's degree in business administration, I felt that we were quite in a bubble of those you know, business students. And at the CDTM, all the students from the Technology University of Munich and the, um, the business unit um, from uh, Munich, like the LMU, came together. And um, there is a great mix of people from all disciplines, like engineers, um, lawyers, but also business, um, business students. And this is how we were able to really grasp the whole startup spirit by working together on projects already for different companies of different sizes and where we already also met successful startups. So I think it was a great role model for me to talk to real founders, hearing about their challenges, but also about their successes and thinking that, wow, actually I feel now that I can also make it, you know? So that really helped me to get the confidence to also just try it. And why actually did I want to try it? I actually, first of all, I really love good challenges. I really already challenged myself as a child. I feel I was always quite ambitious and wanted to, yeah, didn't want to go the, the easy way, I feel. That's just, yeah, you know, getting out of this comfort zones just gives me certain kick probably. <laughs> so maybe that's also one thing of a personality type. But um, I think that most of us like uh, certain adventures probably. Then um, what I also really notice is what drives me so much is to have an impact on the work I do. And I feel that I can have this most if I really work on something that I can also create, you know, or have a high ownership level and having the impact both externally on actually our customers and the users, as I already mentioned before, but then also internally with the people who work at our company. So it's really amazing to be able to build a company and its culture, which totally resonates with my own values. And I'm not sure if I would be as fulfilled and challenged if I was working for someone else, where there might be overlaps with my values and the culture, of course, but probably not like the 100% fit as it is right now together with my co-founders at Clinito and with the whole team. Wow, interesting. And how do you feel about the leading role that you are having in Climado? Because many times people get, people take a step back and fear about the leading role because they have all the responsibilities on their shoulders and they have to be the leader, give the path away, make the path for uh, the company. So how do you feel right now? Yeah, so I think it's definitely sometimes a burden in a way and of course it it actually also sometimes freaks me out <laughs> now the the larger the company grows 
But at the same time, I really noticed that there, there is something true to the saying, you grow with your responsibilities. That's really the case, you know, because we just started out as three people and then grew step by step. So it was not an overnight growth of 300 people kind of, you know, but we were really um, taking also the time to build the team while really keeping the culture alive. I think the largest jump that we made in terms of people size was last year when we um, grew from 10 to 25 people. And this year, again, again, when we are on the path towards 50 people, so doubling each year is already quite a challenge. But still, I feel that um, with, yeah, with the great team where I feel that everybody takes also certain ownership, we are really able to also put some of the burden, you know, away from our shoulders and rather, yeah, have everyone involved, which also our um, employees or our team members want, because they are pretty much all certain entrepreneurs still and that's what makes it such a unique culture and yeah maybe also one thing in terms of how to how to lead I think it really helps to have great mentors and sparing partners on your side to really be able to discuss things when when you're really worrying about how to um, take a certain difficult conversation or a certain decision that needs to be done so that's how really my network from the CTM and from my whole studies, but now also from the startup ecosystem really helps me a lot. Great. That's really insightful. And you mentioned about the growth of Climado in the last year. So what do you think, how do you think about the growth in the next four years? Are there some new business uh, spaces that Climado is trying to capture? What, what are the major developments that are you, you are working on? Yeah, so for the next few years, we definitely envision to really scale up even more, um, both in, in the German area, uh, but also in whole Europe. And we also already plan to internationalize even further towards the US, maybe also Asia. So there's yeah a lot in front of us. So this is actually from a geographical side, but from a team side, we are most probably also doubling in size over the next two years, even um, each year. So if I look into 2024, 2025, we are most probably, um, if everything turns out as planned, a few hundred people already in the team and have hundreds of customers, if not even a thousand already. And um, in terms of markets, I think the medical device and pharma market are so huge that this will, uh, yeah, will actually be enough of a market for the next 20 or even 50 years. So that's where we are planning to, yeah, grow into and then maybe expand also inside the companies with more services, more offerings. And yeah, last but not least on the product side, as I just touched the point, we are also planning to invest heavily and because we really see ourselves as a technology-driven company, so really offer a certain kind of high-tech solution um, to our customers, which really makes their lives easier and therefore also really still continue to be innovative about how the product looks like, so such that it's not only digitizing paper and Excel, but really digitalizing it with all the positive opportunities that 
um, yeah, also some sophisticated technologies might offer. Wow, really nice. We wish you a lot of luck for that. And I'm looking forward to see the further progress uh, of Climato Health, of course. And uh, But talking about the long-term vision, but how do you vision for maybe the next 10 or 20 years? Uh, is it more geographical approach? Do you wanna expand the business cases in US or Asia, as you were mentioning earlier, or is it more product-based approach and you want to offer more services to the current customers? Yeah, now looking at an even broader horizon, I think there the sky is the limit or maybe Mars is the limit. So I think there we are, I think sometimes we underestimate how much can be achieved within 10 years time, you know, um, if we look back 10 years um, from now, the, yeah, what, what has changed is just tremendous. So I really think that we will work on all the sides. So um, that we don't want to limit ourselves in focusing on the product side versus expanding to new markets. I think it will go hand in hand. And that's what we've done always. We've always grown in an e quite equal ratio between product and tech and the sales, marketing and customer success side. Mm -hmm. So that's what we want to continue to do and keep up with those iterating cycles. And then, yeah, I'm really curious myself where the journey will bring us because if we want to keep up with the market we also need to read the signs and read the trends and also be uh, in a certain way flexible at the and yeah at the same time we also really see a way to be able to shape the healthcare system ourselves so if i really want to envision how the future of healthcare looks like and we play a major role there it would be really completely patient-centric. That means that the patient has a say in terms of how to shape their well-being, how to shape their healthcare, and really be able to monitor their health also with variables, with their smartphone, and as easy as booking a train ticket, for example. And this would be our favorite journey for the patient such that they can then also be treated in the right way, but if possible, even prevent most or potentially in the far future, any kind of diseases, if only the signs can be read early enough and therefore be treated accordingly. Wow, that sounds really amazing and interesting to me because it's life-changing actually, yeah. Uh, but Okay, on the same grounds, what are you developing right now? Are you already working on such B2C product or what's your current projects in the Climado? So right now we are actually yeah, optimizing our platform and we already do offer a solution which is patient facing. So the patient, for example, types in their own data points and their information whenever it comes to an e-diary, like for the quarantine solution, but also for any scenario about, for example, documenting a common cold in terms of a study. So we already do have a patient-facing area, but we want to definitely improve on it and optimize on it such that the patient really have, has their own dashboard and that they can also monitor their own health status. That's currently the the short-term goal actually for us. Mm -hmm. And um, what we also do is to um, prepare more and more interfaces 
such that the healthcare um, system can be also connected with each other. And uh, after we've now heard uh, something about Climedo and also your personal entrepreneurial journey, we'd also are uh, curious about some advice and opinion from your side. And therefore I just recently saw on LinkedIn that you co-authored a book uh, where you talked about the impact of diversity in founder teams. Uh, would you uh, be willing to share some of your opinions there with us? For sure. Yeah, so for me, that's actually a personal mission, I would say, um, which I do on the side of Climedo, but which I really try to also do um, and also implement as a DNA at Climedo as a company. Because I really noticed during my journey so far that there is a huge diversity problem and, and I, as a female founder, most recognized it in terms of gender diversity. And uh, I really read so many studies and I think we've heard of them, how fruitful and successful um, female-led companies are and especially diverse teams, which I think is the most important thing to really mix the teams because I think both male and female characteristics have such a high power if they are put together they can be really so useful and therefore i really try hard to motivate others and to tell especially young students female students that it's really worth to to try it and i don't even want to talk about it's worth taking the risk because for me i'm really always wondering what what how is risk uh, defined because I currently feel that being a startup founder is one of the most important and greatest career choices that you could have in order to then um, have all the possibilities afterwards if you don't manage to make it a unicorn, for example. Um, but still also the, the definition of failure for me is really something that I uh, think we shouldn't be afraid of because what does failure mean? I mean, I, went, I stepped out of my first startup could have been clarified as a, or declared as a failure, but I saw it as a huge, amazing time where I was able to learn so many lessons in the first two and a half years, which I was then able to implement at Climedo. So uh, I really want to, yeah, I want, I want to be open about challenges and about problems, but I really want to, to um, help people see the opportunity much more than the risk that it might be attached with founding a company. Yeah, that's, um, I think we can definitely share your opinion on diversity. We also really try to push this within our start community. And maybe uh, another thing for your listeners, because we have lots of people who already have a team or uh, have an idea or are looking for both. And maybe you have some, just some thoughts that come to your mind when, when you people ask you, um, what should I do? I want to start something, but I, I don't know where to find an idea and a team. So first of all, exactly, idea and team are definitely very important, but I would definitely start with the team side because the idea part can, if you don't have already uh, an idea in your head for months or years, can really be also worked on together as a team then and can be very creative process and I know a lot of successful startups even unicorns who were doing exactly this approach when they came together 
and um, just knew that they want to found something, but first of all, wanted to find a problem. And if you do it on a iterative approach, again, the lean startup concept, it uh, can actually help to find a real, real problem, you know, and not one that you might have, but maybe not that many others, or there is already a huge market about it, you know, so it's always great to, to also analyze it. So I think the idea part is something that can be worked on together then. So the team would be the more important part, because I feel that really working on an idea or on a potential project on your very own can first be really frustrating. So it really helps to have somebody to talk to about it and somebody who's really in it, you know, not necessarily only your partner or friends, but really somebody who's working with you on it. It can be so helpful in terms of the difficulties that you face, but then also in terms of the creativity that you would have. It's, it's really amazing what, what happens if two or three people come together. So for finding a team, I think that the startup ecosystem in Germany is really great. There are so many initiatives now and where you can join and now probably it's more virtual but also that one um, should not be an issue and maybe if you're still in the university you can already start entering such student organizations which have a focus on yeah on being startup oriented or entrepreneurial okay thank you very much for those valuable thoughts i would like to close the episode with a last question and i imagine like this entrepreneurial journey is quite tough but um are there any habits that you have adopted through this time that have really brought a lot of value to your life yeah um, definitely i'm really quite a person of starting with habits and um really trying to implement them because it really helps me to have a certain rhythm in my daily life And what my most important habit and advice is, is actually doing sports. And most like, most importantly, already in the morning, because then you have less, less excuses to let the sports flip <laughs> because um, you don't have a huge schedule already, which is um, bringing your uh, life upside down during the day. And then in the evening, it's often like, oh, there's this more other important and very urgent appointment. But at the beginning, your own your only enemy is just the bed. <laughs> you need to get out of it early enough and then just start running or working out or doing yoga. And this is what I'm really now looking forward to every morning because it's um, something that has really become a habit and therefore I'm not always asking it, you know, uh, like wondering, should I now do it or not? It's not a decision in the morning. It's uh, just implemented in my in my schedule and it's something that i'm yeah actually really seeing as something to get started very fresh and um, helps me to not only have this rhythm and keep sane but also really to to keep my whole yeah my body healthy and therefore also my mind wow sounds amazing thank you so much for giving us the time and opportunity and being part of our podcast we really got to know a lot about climato health and your entrepreneurial journey and i believe it would be really motivating or motivational for our listeners as well and will help uh, in building our entrepreneurial community even better even more and bigger thanks a lot
Great. Thanks a lot to you too. And I would be also very happy to, to see more entrepreneurs, more diversity. And if there are any questions, you find me on LinkedIn. Happy to hear from you.